All right, welcome to the first edition of Beckett Radio. This is the first show of Beckett Radio. I am your host, Derek Ficken. I am Justin Grunert, your co-host. So this is a big deal right now, okay? Oh, yeah. I, I hope you guys are standing up because we are. We're, we're excited. We're pumped. This is a new era for Beckett, okay? And that, that's called Beckett Radio. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can you know give you guys some insight into the industry while having some fun with you, entertaining you guys. Exactly. So we got a lot of great stuff talk about today oh yeah uh, you know we we were planning today uh, a couple days before mm-hmm. and i mean it's jam-packed with stuff oh yeah big stuff has already happened this week i mean yesterday the hall of fame class was announced for baseball exactly we got the nfl playoffs coming up definitely we got the olympics to talk about i mean we got a lot of stuff that's coming up man speaking of the olympics uh the nhl is going to be taking a break from yeah. the ninth to the 25th, if I, I'm not mistaken. Or 6th, I yeah, think it's around that area. like that. So, so all their players uh, can represent their mm-hmm. respective countries. No all-star game, unfortunately. Exactly. Which sucks, but hey, yeah. the Olympics, I guess, will do, right? It, uh, <laughs> I mean, it'll hold us over with some hockey, yeah, I exactly. guess. exactly. So if you are hockey fans, I mean, the Olympics are awesome to check out. So yeah. definitely be aware of that. And if anybody out there is a hockey fan, stay tuned until the end. We kind of have a little bit of a giveaway Uh-oh, for you guys. A giveaway? If you like the double rookie class a little bit of a teaser there for you we we got something for you guys at the end yeah so so definitely keep on listening to this first show like i said it's jam-packed with information goodies oh and and and. we forgot to mention the one thing Uh we have an interview oh special guest coming oh yeah so we got we got all this stuff we're talking about the hall of fame we got some giveaways and an interview yeah oh yeah okay so i I wasn't lying when when i said this is jam-packed we're we're kind of big time in it i I mean (laughs) we are beckett we are beckett we're okay top dog (laughs) so like i said i'm Derek ficken we got justin gruner here we are price guide analysts uh here at beckett and we thought it would be a great idea to bring this radio uh, show to the customers. Yep. So it's going to be all over the forums. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, in a couple weeks, we'll have our own uh, page on our website. Yep. It'll be easy to find, though. We'll make sure to have links up there exactly. and banners for you yeah. guys today or tomorrow. And a, a big thing is that we will have our own email address. Oh, yeah. So please, if you guys have comments, uh, critiques, uh, topics that you want us to cover, definitely hit us up on our email. It's radio at Beckett.com. So definitely uh, send us something. Send us some love. uh, Send us some hate. You know, whatever. (laughs) We can handle it. We can handle the critique. Also, though, we got the hit of the month we're going to start doing. Exactly. And I've been given clearance. Special clearance. Special clearance. I had to pull some strings. Oh, look at you. But... Every sport, send me your hits of the month. It's only in the last month, though. Don't send me something from five years ago. Yeah. I want something recent. Yep. And if we choose you, we'll have a panel of judges. If you're chosen, we'll make, take out a quarter-page part of the magazine, and we'll post your picture, we'll post your story. Just keep sending us stuff like that, and we'll make sure that you get in the magazine and get you guys out there and get your stories out there, because... One thing about car collectors is we love stories. We love to tell them and we love to hear them. Exactly. So definitely get your hit of the month pictures and stories up uh, to our email address, radio at Beckett.com. So definitely send us an email uh, about really anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. We we just want to hear from you guys. So enough about that. Let's go into our first topic of the show, and that is... New products. Hello, new products. Look out. 
All right, so new products coming out this week. We got Elite Extra Edition Baseball. That's the heavily uh, prospect product. Uh, that's coming out on the 9th, so okay. I believe that's today. Yeah. We also got America's Pastime from Panini. That's yep. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the high end. I think it's one pack, and you get five or six cards. It's like 250 bucks a pack. There you go. But you get a booklet card, a couple autographs. Some mem cards, and you get two inserts and some base stuff. It's pretty neat looking product. Yeah, um, you got titanium hockey and pinnacle basketball. Both of those are coming out next Wednesday, I believe. That's okay. the fifteenth. Okay. Uh, titanium will only be released in Canada. Ooh. You can buy it in the United States if you order it directly from Panini. I mm. think is what I've been told. Okay. So if you like titanium hockey from from the past, it's going to be a little bit harder to get it this year. Yeah. Uh, from Upper Deck, we got two products coming out next uh, Tuesday on the 14th. SP Game Use Hockey, so yeah. that's a pretty high-end product. And then we got SP Authentic Football, all college-heavy. Mm-hmm. You get autographs, you get mem cards, you yeah. get some uh, manufactured patches with autographs on them. So some pretty cool stuff coming out in the next week. Cool, cool. Uh, we got a few things that were priced okay. recently, um, all baseball. Sweet. All the other sports kind of took a break for, during the holidays. Exactly. Baseball takes no such break. No. They don't play that game. Uh-uh. We got Bowman Sterling, okay. Leaf Trinity, and Select Baseball. So two high-end products from Panini and Tops, either half price or about two price. Exactly. Uh, so that's about all we got for the new stuff. It's Sweet. Business is starting to pick up, though, with these products after a little bit of a break. Well, thank you, Justin, for that. So every week, we're going to have that topic as kind of our first segment. You know, it, This show is all about to inform our customers. Yep. Um, everyone in this industry so obviously uh new products new products that have been priced is going to take precedent definitely uh check out that at the very first part of each show uh we'll have a little snippet of all these products coming out also a little bit of a shameless plug okay beckett.com we have our new release calendar at the bottom of the page it is so that we uh, we update that on a pretty consistent basis. Exactly. We try and get about the two months out. Problem is that they always change some of the dates. So if the date's not accurate, email me or Derek. Let us know so we can update that because we only can do what the card companies have told us. Exactly. And we, you know, sometimes we miss stuff or they push stuff back. So be sure to let us know if you know something different. Yep. And that's radio at Beckett.com. So definitely email us about that if you have any questions. So next up on the agenda, the Hall of Fame, man. Oh, I know. I'm getting I'm, I'm craving some baseball. I, I mean, yeah, you, you I'm, said I'm that ready the for other baseball, day. man. You're really ready I for baseball. I can't wait. I mean, you know, all we do is talk about baseball. You know, we're, we're pricing baseball products. We're we're doing box breaks. We're doing checklists of baseball year round. So it never goes away. No, never. You know? but, baseball doesn't take a break. But the Hall of Fame <laughs> is such a special individual event because it goes back to your childhood of those guys that you grew up watching and idolizing. It really does. And in this case, we had three who made it. Tom Glavin. Oh, yeah. Greg Maddox. Awesome pitcher. And the big hurt. My boy, Frank Thomas. There you go. So let's let's talk about those three, uh, what they mean to this industry and their cards. All right. Well, we got the uh, Glavin rookie card. Came out in 1988. Greg Maddox came out in 87, and Frank Thomas came out in 1990. So they came out in the mass-produced years. So, I mean, you can get their rookie cards for a pretty reasonable price. Yeah. But... There is that one card. Yep. That Frank Thomas. Everybody already knows what I'm talking about. I guarantee you. Hopefully. The 1990 <laughs> Tops Error, no name on front. That card is a pretty hot commodity. I mean, I, I saw one on eBay recently, uh, maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. A BGS graded eight sold for $1,500. Woo! So that thing. That's a pretty penny right there. That card was 
it was like the the white whale of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid wanted it. I everybody has that story of that guy they knew that had one. Exactly. And that card for me is probably the most famous of the no-name cards. I mean, you always got those really cool ones like the Billy Ripken. Yeah, of course. We, I mean, the Billy Ripken, everyone knows about yes, that one. <laughs> yes. And if you don't, don't ask your parents cuz yeah. <laughs> you might get a dirty look. It has a bad word on the card. But it's all I mean, it's a classic in this industry. So. Yeah, it really is. It's a fun card. Yeah. But anyways, so yeah, those are the three guys that made it. Yep. I mean, Frank Thomas, that's your boy. So that's, that's cool. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, the uh, Craig Biggio barely was missed two it. votes away. Yeah, that's a record. Actually, he tied two other players as the only, as the narrowest margin in history to not make it, which is. Kind of a it's, it's a, it's a bittersweet record to have. Oh, you know it's a Biggio, horrible record to have. You I know, think. Well, here's the thing though: is he's got that record now. Yeah, it's just another one on his belt. I mean, yep. the guy's been hit by more pitches than anybody in baseball. He's got three thousand hits. Yeah, and so he's gonna get in. So just notch that one on his belt and yeah. say, "There's always next year." Yeah. What I think is crazy: three first ballot Hall of Famers this year. Yeah. When people always talked about, you're not gonna have a first ballot Hall of Famer ever. Yeah. So what was unfortunate to me was that Greg Maddox was not unanimous. Yeah, he had 97 point something yes. percent. So well, there was already one guy out there, yeah, one it, reporter that said, I refuse to vote for anybody yeah. that was not in, or no, that was that in w- the uh, steroid era. Exactly. So he only voted for Jack Morris, who sadly did not make it in. Yeah. No, I, it's it's unfortunate that, you know, the steroid era gets such a bad rap, but it does. It, because, it does. You know, I mean, you got some clean up players. a lot of records. But you got a lot of clean players yeah. like Frank Thomas, Greg Maddox, Tom Glad. I mean, you know they didn't do steroids. But you always got to think in the back of your mind. You never know. Don't take this from my childhood, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. People have taken Barry Bonds away from me in my all childhood, right, okay? Right. Obviously, the guy well, did his thing. I grew up in, in, in 1990s, early 90s in Chicago. Yeah. Frank Thomas was the end-all, be-all. Uh, that's true. You go to the Chicago White Sox fan days or whatever it is before the season. Yeah. You hope to see Frank Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so that's Anyways. cool. The Hall of Fame is always a cool thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's so fun. Congrats to Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, Frank uh, Thomas. They're class acts, and now they're Hall of Famers. So they go down in history as the greatest players in in, uh, in baseball. Honestly, Cooper sounds better for having him. All right, let's move on to the NFL playoffs. As we all know, the NFL divisional playoffs are happening this weekend. So we got a few matchups, and we got a few key players that we want to talk about. First, before we go into the NFL playoffs, let's bring in a special guest. He is our boss, and he is an awesome individual, Mr. Dan Hitt. How are you today, sir? Very good. Hello, everybody. So we're, we're going to have a little interview after this, uh, so we'll get into that a little later with you, sir. But now that we have you here, let's talk about the NFL playoffs. Obviously, the AFC is stacked. We have uh, Denver versus San Diego and Indianapolis versus New England. So, so a lot of great matchups right there. But let's talk about the players individually. First off, let's do the quarterbacks because they're kind of all in their own, um, I guess, realm. You have Breeze, Manning, uh, Rivers, Brady. Brady. So you have all those guys who really their cards have, have stayed not stagnant, but there's no big room for growth. They kind of reach their peak. They're 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 at the pinnacle of their game. They're the they're the cream of the crop of that sport. Exactly. And I think we were talking a, a few days ago that it it will take a massive Super Bowl historic win 
uh, to get these guys' prices to go up more. I'd almost say a Super Bowl win and MVP for people like Brady or Breeze or Manning. I mean, they have to do something special, maybe even break some records to do something significant with their cards. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's let's start off with the uh, Denver-San Diego game. With San Diego, they got a lot of good players on that team that their cards aren't aren't that high yet like uh keenan allen he's 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 been good this year and his cards have potential to grow i think if he wins rookie of the year and i think they do something significant in the playoffs they'll his, you'll see them go up for sure yeah what do you think dan about keenan allen uh yeah definitely i mean keenan allen's been selling well um off and on this year at the end of the year he's really pick up he's picked up this a lot of people talk about this rookie class not being all that great and and not having uh you don't have the andrew luck type player much less the rg3 or the impact of the russell wilson you don't have those guys but it does have depth and the keenan allen shows what kind of depth that this draft class has so he started out kind of uh, on the lower tier Mm -hmm. of the of the rookies this year if you ranked them all and over the course of the season he's he's gradually moved up and he's kind of in a mid-tier kind of level guy so having said that um his cards definitely could take off especially if he's the one of the keys to the game yeah exactly and i think that's a definite possibility given how the season has been playing for for that for that player i mean he's had some spectacular games and that pretty much have won games you know by himself with his catches and touchdowns so um he's electrifying player yeah i mean he's not just a receiver who catches a lot of passes or puts up a bunch of yardage he's he can make great catches uh he's a great route runner he's he's the real deal he could be a real superstar for years to come so uh, this might be a chance for him to kind of showcase his talents more to a bigger audience definitely and and we also got players like danny woodhead who kind of has fallen under the radar he was with the patriots last year and uh, went to the Chargers now, so and he's been playing lights out. I feel two, three touchdown games uh, throughout the season. Uh, so definitely watch out for him. Also, uh, we have Trendon Holiday, the kick returner for Denver, who can possibly have a big game and boost his card price as well. So enough about the players for this. Let's get a little fun into this. Let's talk about who's going to win. Okay, straight up, Denver, San Diego. Justin, who do you have? You know, I, I would love to say San Diego because they've, they've been pretty much playing, playing playoff football for the last, what, six weeks? Yeah. But Manning at home with Denver, I, I can't go against Manning, man. Yeah. I'm with Justin on that. I think uh, nobody can pick Denver, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not pick Denver at home. Yeah. you got to pick Denver at home. Yeah, exactly. If San Diego were playing the Patriots, I'd pick San Diego. <laughs> yep. But... but uh, <laughs> But you have to go with Peyton Manning. They're going to yeah. win that game. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer, obviously, and you, you got to go with Denver in that game. As much as I would like to see San Diego win, I think their story uh, from the last couple weeks of the season um, into the playoffs in Cincinnati, I think it was a great, uh, great story. But unfortunately, it's going to stop in Denver. Uh, so let's move on to the other game: Indianapolis versus the New England Patriots. There's a lot of players in this. For the Colts, let's talk about T.Y. Hilton because he had a big game. He, he uh, not ran, but he, uh, well, he did run, I guess. He did a lot of running, <laughs> 224 uh, yards yeah, worth 224 of yards, that's, that's a lot of running. Uh, so uh, that guy can have a monster game against the Patriots, and his cards can just skyrocket. And I, I kind of almost see him taking the place of Reggie Wayne with that team. Definitely. You know, especially now that he's hurt, he is shined. Yeah. And he's only got 
up to go. I yeah. think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton's similar to Keenan Allen, that mm-hmm. he's a big, big-time player. Yeah. Um, obviously showed it last week with a, a huge catch and run. He has, a, just like Keenan Allen, has a collector base mm-hmm. already, um, but he's not at the top of uh, you know the rankings. If you ranked all the rookies in his class, he's yeah. kind of in the uh, middle-tiered guy. Yeah. So definitely for cards, he has room to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm sure he is this past week after last week. Okay, yeah. his cards are are going to be hot yeah. right now, but he still has some upside. So um, he's certainly a player to watch. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, Andrew Luck, you know, with with his capabilities, he can have a big game. And it, I mean, his cards are actually really high right now, and they've been continuing to grow. But I still think that he's not quite there with Manning, Breeze, and Brady. What do you think about that, Dan? Well, he's not. I mean, those guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah. Okay, they have, yeah, they've won obviously. Super Bowls. Uh, they've got uh, Hall of Fame stats. Even yeah. if they don't play another game after this, they don't win anything this in this playoff uh, run here, mm-hmm. and they and they never win anything else. Their their cards are going to be solid. Yeah. Uh, Luck, on the other hand, is one of the most valuable young quarterbacks in terms of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super heated as far as the market goes on him. So when that happens, the expectations are really high. Mm-hmm. Now, if they lose this game, which they probably will, yeah. his cards aren't going to drop off in value much. Mm-hmm. You might be able to start to get him at low book, closer to low book instead of high book. Yeah. So they'll soften a bit, but he's not going to take any kind of dramatic drops in price. If they surprise people and win this game and move on to the next round and and, and somehow they go to the Super Bowl, even win the Super Bowl, as expensive as Lux cards are already, yeah. they do have some upside for yeah, sure. Definitely. Let's go on the defensive side uh, for the Colts. Robert Mathis He's having a great year. I think he's had uh, 20 sacks, 19 and a half, something like that in the regular season. He played really well uh, against the Chiefs last week. So what do you think about him and his card value um, as far as uh, for the future? Well, Mathis is interesting because only a few defense players, as most collectors know, can kind of break through and, and, and generate a collector base enough to raise the value of their cards. Yeah. Mathis is a Hall of Famer. He's got over 100 sacks for, for his career. Mm-hmm. He's got several years to go. He might get to 150 sacks. We yeah. don't know. Maybe more. Yeah, maybe more. Uh, so at the end of his career, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And most people have not really, collectors haven't grasped onto that idea. Some have. Yeah. Um, his cards don't go completely unnoticed, but uh, definitely a lot of upside to, to yeah. a guy like Mathis. He's on a defensive player, it's it's more of a career. Yeah. So he's already built a huge resume, yeah, exactly. an impressive resume. So, But one game might, if he has a forces a fumble, he makes a critical sack, something in a key spot in the game. Mm-hmm. It may get you know enough notice where collectors will take a look at his cards. Yeah, exactly. Justin, what do you think about Robert Mathis? I don't think I can say it any better than this man just said it right here. <laughs> he's he's a beast, man. He's you don't want to if you're a quarterback, you don't want him coming at you. Yeah, and exactly. I think that he has a, a potential to kind of fit into the niche like Troy Polamalu did. Mm-hmm. Very few defensive players um, have that charisma, and I think he has the potential to actually reach that status like a Polamalu or Clay Matthews or J.J. Watt yeah, definitely, definitely have. Now let's let's finish up this talk with uh, New England side with a wide receiver duo, I guess. They're not really dynamic because Amendola's been kind of iffy this year, but uh, Julian Edelman, he's kind of had a, a decent year, and his prices have gone a little up. 
What do you guys think about him and the potential of a big game with him? Well, it's, you know, they both have to thank Tom Brady if their cards go up. I think that Brady has found a new favorite receiver with Edelman. Yeah. When Amendola is healthy and he's in, he's definitely a uh, he's a confident receiver with very sure hands. He's he's not a threat. No, not a deep threat, but he's he's definitely he, got the potential to yeah. get you a first down when you need it exactly, kind of guy. Yeah. They're not flashy and charismatic, but they uh they get the job done. They get the job done, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dan, what do you think about Julian Edelman? Uh, well, I think both of those receivers are kind of like uh, Wes Welker was mm-hmm. the first year or so he came with the Patriots. You know, Wel- Welker had a lot uh, quicker success, I yeah. think, than these two guys. But but they're similar kind of players, especially Amendola. He's a possession receiver. But uh, both of them can catch a lot of passes, and they can rack up the yardage. New England, of course, especially Brady, likes to pass the ball around. They may uh, hit five or six different receivers over the course of the game with multiple catches. Yeah. But one of these guys might have end up having a big game, and it could be either one of them. Yeah, it exactly. could be both, but it could be either one. So um, collectors uh, take notice of those things, and both guys have uh, very few cards, um, which is favorable for you know card values increasing. So they don't have cards in every single product, especially mm-hmm. in their rookie seasons. They have very few cards. Yeah. So either guy or even both, their prices could really skyrocket mm-hmm. if they have a, a big game or especially a series of big games. Yeah, definitely. So who do you have, New England or uh, or Indy? I'm going to go controversial and say Indianapolis. Whoa. I think they're going to do it, honestly. The I, bomb has been dropped. I think it's because New England's receivers are too young. They're too, they're not completely in sync with Brady quite yet. Uh-huh. And Indianapolis has been – they're riding that really high performance from the week, a week ago. Yeah. That huge comeback win, that's going to push them. Yeah. That'll push them to the uh, championship game. Right. Uh, unfortunately, they won't get past Denver. But, you know, <laughs> that's for next week. Yeah, that's for next week. <laughs> Dan, who do you have? Well, I think like uh, my dad used to tell me, old age and treachery will catch up with you. <laughs> so that's probably going to happen with uh, the Colts. Yeah. I think that was their shot last week with that ridiculous comeback that yep. they uh, threw up. Um, I think it could be a good game. I could definitely see the Colts winning. But mm-hmm. you got to take the Patriots. I think their old age and treachery will come through especially at home yeah exactly um, i could see the way but you gotta if i'm picking somebody i gotta pick the patriots yeah you, you can never pick someone other than tom brady in the playoffs at home i mean he's done it well uh he he's the master at, i and i don't like the patriots i'm not gonna lie I, I i hate i hate to see them win but unfortunately i'm picking them too so We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes uh, this weekend. Let's go to the NFC. Defensive heavy. So uh, we have a few defensive guys on here on our list. Let's talk about Seattle against New Orleans. Obviously, Drew Brees, um, Jimmy Graham. They're they're the big names that their cards are obviously going to be on top. But Russell Wilson is a guy that's still on the low end. I think is going to have a monster uh, playoff run unless something disastrous happens. So definitely look out for him. Marshawn Lynch, Kenny Stills, what do you guys think about that? I'm, I'm thinking uh, Marshawn Lynch, I think, has the, the biggest potential in this. He, he's the Saint killer, man. Yeah. That last game when they went 7-9 and nine and made the playoffs, and he just lit it up. Yeah. And they played in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So going out of a dome for the, for the Saints. New Orleans Saints, yeah. they're, you know, that defense might not be so they don't have the potential lethal? to stop him. Yeah, yeah, they're not as lethal. Yeah. I think uh Lynch is going to have a game and he's going to make some people start noticing his cards. Definitely. Dan, what do you think? Well, Lynch is one of those players that shows up big in big games like mm-hmm. they say, right? Yeah. And uh he's had shown that in the past and very well 
capable of doing that again throughout this playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, if he has a big game, sure, his cards will sell very well, which yeah. they, they already are. He's got a good collector base. Um, there's some upside, but I think he has to have, in my opinion, string together two or three big playoff games. Yeah. Russell Wilson should definitely uh, benefit from winning a few playoff games here. Mm-hmm. His car, Even if they lose, his cards are going to sell well. They're selling now, well now. Yeah. He's at the same year as Andrew Luck, rookie, but he's far uh, less expensive yep. than Andrew Luck. Yep. He's on his way up. He's getting closer, you know, and, and if he strings together a couple of wins here, he's probably going to reach the price level of Lux yeah, cards. Exactly. But those two different defensive backs, Richard Sherman mm-hmm. and Earl Thomas, yeah. I think they could have the potential to be a key player in this deal because of the Saints offense. Yeah. If the Saints offense puts up some good numbers, but one of those two guys makes a key interception, uh, forces a fumble, something like that, has yeah. a key tackle – that uh, ends up winning the game for Seattle, I could see that as a scenario. And those guys already are pretty sell pretty well for defensive players. Yeah, I think Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman. Unfortunately for the Saints, they their defense isn't as lethal as previous seasons, so I can't really think of, uh, I mean, of Richard Sherman or Earl Thomas on their team, unfortunately. But uh, So, yeah, Seattle or the Saints? I, I would have to say Seattle. Yeah. I think it's just going to be too cold and too windy for the Saints. Yeah. Um, and plus, it, it all depends on Drew Brees and who he decides to start throwing to as well. Yeah. And if that person's having a hot game or not, they it could be a blowout for Seattle. I'm taking Seattle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, even though Seattle looked beatable towards the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. she, so did the Saints. Yeah. I don't think that I think the Saints will, will play a, a decent enough game, but yeah. I think in the fourth quarter Seattle will start running the ball and the yeah. defense will clamp down and, yeah. and and they'll win pretty easily, I think. Yeah, as much as I want Seattle to lose, I, I just I, I, you can't you can't go against them at home. The twelfth man, it's it's unbelievable. So Unfortunately, I'm I'm picking the Seahawks. Uh, so and now we get to his homer yeah, game. Now we get to the game that I want to talk about. No, the 49ers uh, versus the Carolina Panthers. Kaepernick had a great game. I feel like in Green Bay. Yeah, uh, he, he he went back to his roots with running, and I feel like he is on the upswing as well as Cam Newton. I'll tell you, Kaepernick showed some fortitude playing with no sleeves in that game, yeah. and I have a newfound respect. And I'm a Packer fan. Yeah. And watching that guy play, he's got he's got some stones, man. Yeah, he's he's got some skill too. So other than Kaepernick and Cam Newton, Michael Crabtree, who obviously was hurt the first half of the season, he was obviously obsolete. Uh, now he's he's come back and he's come back with a vengeance. So his cards, I feel, are I think have the most upside because of how he's been hurt or he hasn't been playing. Uh, so I think any game uh, that he does produce and produce well his cards are going to take a tremendous bump. Uh, what do you think about him compared to Anquan Bolden, who, since he's on a new team, he'll you know maybe have an upside? Uh, I think Anquan Bolden has a little bit more of an upside just because he's already established as a, as a more well-known receiver. He's won a Super Bowl. He played very well in that game, mm-hmm. and he's playing extremely well for the 49ers, and now he's in a bigger market. Yeah. He's with a team that's won, what, five Super Bowls? Yep. So it's the team is more well known. I think that his cards would have a higher potential to go up. Yeah. Just based on that alone. Uh between those two guys, give me Crabtree. I mean everybody knows Bolden. Of course he could have a a huge game, mm-hmm. uh, and all of his best cards are shown as a Raven. He's yeah. not a 49er. Yeah. Crabtree, his cards have been soft. He was a high-round draft pick, so his cards started out pretty expensive to begin with, mm-hmm. and they've sort of steadily dropped in value, so they could be seen as a bargain. Yeah. Uh, so if he has a big game, I think Crab, 
tree could take a big jump for sure. And, and real quick, Kaepernick yeah. and Newton, of all the eight quarterbacks that are in here, those two quarterbacks probably had the most upside, in my opinion. Definitely. Because their cards have not been all – they've been hot. Mm-hmm. But this year they haven't been all that hot. They haven't got this super red hot yeah. uh, look and feel to them like those other quarterbacks have. So uh, if those guys can take their team to the Super Bowl, especially win it, and they're the MVP, that's of all the quarterbacks they have the most upside. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I, honestly, I'm surprised that Cam Newton hasn't been on a bigger up upswing this season. I mean, because he's turned into an elite quarterback, but, you know, time will tell. Yeah, he has, but it's the Panthers. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. Carolina Carolina Panthers do not have a huge collector base, and that obviously plays a big role in this, but he can change it all by winning a few playoff games. Somebody else in Carolina, you're probably going to mention him, is Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley has a big collector base. He's a fan favorite. Um, He's a great player. If he ends up being a key uh, for the Panthers' win, yeah. and he probably would be, mm-hmm. or somebody on that Panthers' defense, whoever can stop Kaepernick, yeah. maybe even stop a drive late in the game in a close game. I think this is probably the toughest game to pick, in my mm-hmm. opinion, out of all the games yep. this weekend. Yeah. Um, so Keekley, he's already popular uh, in in the uh, you know amongst the collectors, mm-hmm. but he definitely could build on his uh, collector base. Definitely, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, so be on the lookout for him. So Niners versus Panthers, who you got, Justin? Oh, Cam Cam. All Cam the way. Cam, okay. Oh yeah. Nine uh I just don't I don't know if the Niners defense is gonna be able to stop him. He Ooh. he's a freight train, man. That's true. He's he's definitely a very diverse quarterback. He's even more diverse, I think, than Aaron Rodgers was. Yeah. And he's gonna show you a totally different side of quarterback play than most quarterbacks can give you. I'm going Panthers. All right, Dan, who you got? Well, uh, I, this is the toughest game to pick. Mm-hmm. So uh, my um, inclination is always to give this very slight edge to the home team. So I mm-hmm. guess I have to take the Panthers just kind of by default. Yeah. But um, Cam Newton is as great as he is. Um, it, I, I'm concerned that the Panthers' offense might be a little bit too one-dimensional. Yes. It may come back to haunt them, but the Panthers' defense has the ability to step up. Mm-hmm. So that might be the, the uh, difference yeah. is the defense. I, I mean, with yeah, with the Panthers, I just feel like you have Cam Newton, and he's so explosive, and you never know what's going to happen with him that it's it's I personally think it's boring because it's just him. You know, he's the showcase. With the Niners, you have Kaepernick, you have Frank Gore, Crabtree, Vernon Davis, Bolden. You have all these weapons that it's just how can you stop that? And Luke Keekley is a, one of the greatest uh, inside linebackers playing right now, but he's only one guy. He's not the whole defense. You know, so I'm I'm going Niners. I have to. I Homer. think their I think their defense is better than the Panthers. I just think that they're a little underrated this year, but. That's just me. Nothing wrong with that. It's a yeah. coin toss game, I think. It, it right? really is. So it'll be exciting to watch those four games. Those are the players to definitely look out for as far as cards go and uh, their upside. So let's move on to the interview segment. We have a couple questions for you, Dan. Let's first start out with uh, some, some, I guess, questions about the price guide. Uh, some people have brought these to my attention. Let's talk about the high and low columns with the uh, price guide. Just yeah, I guess specifically we get questions all the time and that you're yeah. referring to what's the difference between the high and low, what does that mean? Exactly. A lot of people will uh, think that it means they're different conditions mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, 
our price guides are different, and we've been doing this for a long time, okay? Yeah. So it's nothing really new, but if you're new to collecting, even if you've been collecting for a while, even in Bob Beckett magazines, you still may not quite understand what we mean by that range. Yeah. Well, if you go to buy a new car, a loaf of bread, anything, and you do enough shopping, you're... Every loaf of bread is not priced exactly the same, right? It's yeah, never, even right. if you know what car model you want yeah. exactly, from one dealership to the next, there's going to be slight variances in price. So that's mm-hmm. what our price range is for the same condition, same card. Uh, generally speaking, the low column will be for uh, a price that you can expect to pay if you do some extensive shopping, mm-hmm. uh, you buy online, that sort of thing. Okay. The high column price is closer to a retail price, uh, like in a retail store. Yeah. Maybe at a card show, if a card gets really hot, like we've been talking about Andrew Luck and some of these other hot players, yeah, it's less likely you'll be able to find one of their good cards at the low column price. Mm-hmm. More likely, they'll be towards a high column. Exactly. And then when somebody gets very hot, prices will be even above the high column until exactly. we're able to adjust. Exactly. So generally speaking, the tighter the price range, the hotter, mm-hmm. uh, more marketable the card is. Okay. The wider the price range, the more... Uh, you know, kind of standard, or, or I don't want to say cold, that's not fair, but the the more um, widespread you'll exactly. find the card. And There's more room to grow or, or something. Less along hot those lines. anyway. Yeah, less hot. Definitely. Okay, uh, what about the arrows? Everyone's been talking about these arrows. Why are they there? What do they do? Well, year, years ago, the arrows were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, back when Jim Beckett started the company, mm-hmm. um, he started with annual books, actually, of course. But when the magazines came out, that's yeah. when the company really took off, and Beckett became a, a popular name, a household name in the hobby, anyway. Yeah. So the arrows were huge back then because people got their pricing information basically delivered in a magazine format. Mm-hmm. And so the arrows were back then, and they still are today, just a reflection of past price movement. It doesn't mean the card is going up now. It doesn't mean it'll go up in the future. It just means from one magazine, one month of an issue to the next, Mm -hmm. the card changed in value, either up or down. Yeah. Same thing is true today. Mm -hmm. The arrows are probably a lot less important today than they used to be, Mm -hmm. but they still essentially essentially reflect a 30-day change in value on a card. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, let's, Let's talk about what it takes to go about pricing a new product. Um, maybe some people have an idea, you know. Maybe some people don't. Uh, but let's let's get it from the guy who does it for a living. Uh, what exactly do you do on a given day with a new product? Say, you know, tops, tops football. How how exactly do you go about pricing that product? Well, uh, we price brand new products pretty much like we reprice older material, older yeah. cards. Yeah. Is uh, it's a lot of. Um, uh, it, well, it just takes a lot of resources, for one. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of time uh, and resources. Uh, just like older products, a new product is uh, priced with a, a lot of raw market information, mm-hmm. real-life sales. So we're trying to get as much uh, market information, as many real-life card sales as we can mm-hmm. to accurately reflect what we feel the market value is. Mm-hmm. So on a brand new product, we're gathering literally thousands and thousands of lines of bits of market information from as many sources as we can, online sources, dealer sources, store, shop information if we can get it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we are, you know, concatenating all that information into giant reports and going through those reports. So there's some structure to it. Um, we're not guessing. We're yeah. not just sitting down and writing out prices yeah. that we'd like stuff to sell for. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's a mix of real-life sales information that we gather mm-hmm. and a structure based on the market for certain players. Cool. And certain brands, yeah, quite ex- frankly. Exactly. Some brands will be hotter and sell better than other brands. Yeah, so, definitely. So that matters. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's get into some uh, interesting questions that, that we have written down. Uh, you know, you've, you've been around this industry for a long time. And it's it's great to hear real life stories from how the industry was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Well, let's give a little backstory. When when did you start? And uh, I mean, around what time did you want to get into this hobby? How about that? Well, I've, well, that's two different questions. I okay. Think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you, you pose them as two different questions. Yeah. But they, <laughs> um, I started it back in 1991. Okay. Uh, and before that, in the 1980s, I worked at a card shop. Okay. Almost throughout the entire 1980s, going through high school and college. So I've been in the organized hobby for as long as. Um, you know, I, from a kid, I guess, but yeah. I worked at a card shop when I was in high school. So, um, I, I've kind of made my living and had my profession being inside the hobby mm-hmm. most of my life. Yeah. So it, in 1991, when I found out that Beckett was uh, looking to hire some people, the football magazine was only a year or so old mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, the hockey and basketball magazines were coming on. So the company was starting to grow mm-hmm. from just baseball. Yeah. So uh, I applied, and, and I was here in Dallas. The office was here in Dallas, so I was kind of at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, you were talking about differences and things. Yeah. Um, when I got hired, we had computers, but I didn't have a computer. Yeah. So we had to share a computer. Oh, wow. And we were <laughs> for a, a lot of the pricing and things were done basically with sticks and stones compared to, <laughs> to computerized programs yeah. and, and uh, databases that we have today, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no eBay. There was no Internet. So there was everything was done uh, with uh, mail, uh, a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. Card shows were huge back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most active markets, the cutting edge, so to speak, for card pricing and markets were at card shows. Yeah. So we literally, every month, essentially, and sometimes twice a month, we were traveling to card shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, travel budget was huge, yeah. just huge. Yeah. We Literally, every analyst was traveling every month or a couple months and taking notes and talking to dealers, who's hot, who's not. Yeah. We've made tons of phone calls to shops and dealers, so it was quite a bit different. Yeah. Well, let's talk about from the 1994 to 2014, since it's a brand new year, that, that's 20 years. What has been the greatest accomplishment of, of this industry in your eyes in those 20 years? The greatest accomplishment? Well, I, I, it's rather remarkable that we've survived, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I, back in the, in the 90s, um, yeah. everything was, the industry was booming. Mm-hmm. Um, our magazine sales were higher than they had ever been. Yeah. Uh, card sales for products uh, were, were far bigger than they are today. The print yeah. runs were far bigger. And uh, everybody then expected this expansion to continue, right? And this yeah. kind of this superheated environment that the market was in to probably continue. Yeah. But uh, since then, we've had numerous manufacturer failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, we had there were two or three different price guides on the market, even. Yeah. Uh, so uh, looking back on it now, it was, uh, it was, it was. Um, pretty remarkable that our company was even able to survive and really the industry was able to survive in 
a form that could support a price guide, a media company, and several manufacturers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think it, it's crazy to see how how it survived and how Beckett's always been that staple in in this industry. Uh, it's it's great to see that we're still around, and I hope we're here for a long, long time. You know, Justin, do you have anything to add to that? I was thinking on top of that, you know, the the invention of eBay yeah. was definitely a big one. Um, also, I, I mean, I've been collecting for 20 years, and I yeah. could notice the change in differences in the industry from a collector's standpoint, at least, and the in- invention of the mem cards, yes, the jerseys, bats, uh, putting more autographs on cards. I mean, those kind of things, I think, really turned the corner for the industry. Mm-hmm. I think it's gone a little out of control now <laughs> sometimes where you get too many. Yeah. But in the beginning, in the early 2000s, even when you get one per box or one every two boxes, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff to me was really what saved the industry or at least helped put it into a new uh, a new category, I guess, yeah. or a new level of collecting. Definitely. Let's, let's kind of talk about the future, Dan. Where do you see uh, the future of Beckett, uh, the future of... Uh, really, the industry. Do you? I mean, hopefully, do you see us surviving? Uh, do you see us dwindling off or thriving in the next ten, twenty years? Well, um, I think we 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 can certainly survive. There's nothing you know exciting about saying that. Yeah. Um, it's rather obvious that electronic media, electronic data, online trading, online action of any sort is not only the it's a present and yeah. it's going to be the future. That's not yeah. going to change. Just looking at our company and and uh, ten years from now, will we have print magazines? I don't know. Mm. Probably in some kind of way. I think there'll always be people for the most part that will need print. Mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 years from now? Probably not. Yeah. But, you know, in the next 10 years, print is still going to, there's going to still be some demand for it. Yeah, definitely. But most of the information that people are getting about the hobby um, is electronic. Yeah. And it has been for a while. And of course, that will continue. Um, One interesting thing that uh, I think is going to continue to um, evolve and will be a challenge for our company is that the demand for what we do price cards mm-hmm. and provide market data, the demand is dropping. Yeah. And I think that will continue to drop. And the reason it will is that they have other sources of sales information mm-hmm. that are more timely, more accurate, that sort of thing. Years ago, a price guide was important because yeah. you couldn't go on eBay and in a matter of minutes check the price, uh, sales price on a card that you have. Yeah. Couldn't do that. So you needed the magazines. As that has began to flip, where more information is available online, um, that the demand for just a Beckett price or a price cut value on something is lessened. So yeah. I think that's a trend we'll continue to see. Mm-hmm. So in response to that, what our company will have to do is evolve. We've proven that we can evolve. Yeah. We've proven to make that big transition from print magazines and print price guides to electronic price guides. Mm -hmm. And uh, we um, have done a great job in the past of that. I could expect that to continue. Like I said, several years ago, we had uh, price guide competitors. Mm -hmm. Don't have those anymore because they weren't able to make that transition. Like we, So I think we'll be at the forefront of technology. I think you'll see more timely information from us Mm -hmm. in the future. You'll see prices change more quickly. Yeah. You'll see us um, create products where we're releasing real market information, mm-hmm. not just the Beckett price. Yeah. It'll probably be a combination of those two things here mm-hmm. in the near future. And to weigh in on that, I, I think that one of the one of the big things that the industry itself needs to do is 
try and get children back into it. Oh, yeah. Because I was a kid, and cards were viewed as a, a, a kid's thing. Yeah. I mean, adults did it, but they were kind of the nerdy adults. And we're <laughs> we're still nerdy, believe me. I am the biggest... I'm king nerd. Yeah, so you're, you're a big nerd. I, I'm, one of, yeah. I'm one of them. But children don't have that experience, I think, when they go with dad or grandpa yeah. to the card shop, or even if they go on eBay and just pick something out with, you know, their family members. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing that needs to be focused on, and yeah. they need to create maybe a couple of products here that are very kid-friendly, kid-oriented. Mm-hmm. And they have. They have uh, a few, you know, but I think just a couple more, you know, to try and target yeah. the children and not have it be so cartoony. Have... Have them be really interested in what it really is. Definitely. I mean, this that's how I learned a lot about baseball and football is yeah. the cards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember going on the playground for recess and bringing my pack of cards and doing trades with the, you know with the kids under the swing set or something. And it would actually be banned trading cards from our school because they didn't like us trading and doing all this stuff because they thought it was this horrible thing. And it's like, no, you know, oh. we're just... I played poker for cards, yeah, <laughs> so we got in trouble for that at yeah. school. No gambling but, uh, in school. Don't do that. Anyway, so thank you, Dan, for coming in and, and doing this with us. Obviously, this is the first one, so you are our very first special guest. All so right. I'm, I feel privileged. <laughs> you set the standard here, so. for all the other guests, so I hope uh, you've done a great job, and I hope the rest of the guys uh, listen to this and kind of know what to expect when coming on. So, Well, thanks, I enjoyed folks. it, and I, I appreciate it. I expect to uh, talk to our customers on a kind of a regular basis, and yeah. I think this is going to be a great venue for us to communicate things, and mm-hmm. just want to encourage our customers to send in some suggestions for yeah. ideas and topics to discuss here. They yeah. can be Becker-related, they can be hobby-related, sports-related. It could be focused on a single card mm-hmm. to a whole product or a year or just history stuff. I don't yeah. know. There's so many topics that we can talk about. It, this is going to be a fun thing. Definitely, yeah, and if you want to send us an email, do it at radio at Beckett.com. Uh, we just set that up. So send us an email. If you want to send an email to Dan, you can put it you know, to Dan Hit, and we'll give it to him. If you want Justin, you know, just put whoever's name on there. They'll read it. We'll try and get back to you as soon as possible. So, uh, well, thank you, Dan, for that. Uh, like we all said during uh, the beginning of the show, we have a special giveaway, Justin, right? It is a very special giveaway. It's yeah. the... Uh 2013-14 Upper Deck Hockey. Special thanks out to uh, LegacySportsCards.com for supplying this box to us. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, double rookie class. Got some really, really cool. Uh, uh, it's Series 1 Upper Deck, yeah, by the go. way. There you go. But you got some really great rookies in here. You got Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, Thomas got, Hurdle is, is the big one. Uh, McKinnon is yeah. definitely a big one. I mean, you got Riley. So you got a lot of different rookies in there. And it's a pretty cool product. I've busted open a couple of boxes with you already and that's a lot of fun to open so uh basically what you got to do is tell me who your favorite player on your favorite team is and post that in the comments section on our forum page that's all you got to do and we'll just pick one at random and you guys will be getting a box of cards yeah so if if you want to get in on this awesome giveaway send us your favorite player on your favorite team in the comment section in the uh, in the forum page for beckett radio and we'll send this out to you. And special thanks again to LegacySportsCards.com for that. So, well, I think that's it, guys. Uh, I'm kind of tired. A little bit. It was, it was an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, every Thursday at 4 o'clock, please check us out. It's going to be a great thing. We're going to have a lot of special guests, uh, special topics. Um, obviously, the new releases, uh, new newly priced products will be showcased 
as well as you know news reports stuff along those lines so uh like i said i'm derek ficken i'm justin grunert and thanks for listening to beckett radio see you guys